Wish TV is focused on family and the community and is committed to sharing the stories of those who are making a difference every day. From the All Indiana Podcast Network and Wish TV, this is Behind the Eight Podcast with Wish TV's George Mallet. And this is George Mallet, your host of Behind the Eight. Today, we're talking to Katira Winfrey. Although she calls Texas home, Katira spent several years growing up in Indianapolis and is a graduate of North Central High School. She's now back home in Indiana and ready to share the Hoosier experience again as the first ever multicultural reporter at Wish TV 8. In a moment, Katira Winfrey. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And I'm joined now by Katira Winfrey. And let me start, Katira, with the million-dollar question. Maybe it's not a million-dollar question. Maybe it's a five-dollar question. But um, are you related to... Oprah Winfrey. I know you must get asked that a thousand times a day. I've been getting asked that for as long as I can remember. And um, in the words of my father, rich people can have poor relatives. So the story is, yes, we are related. Down the line, apparently she would be my grandfather's cousin, um, first cousin. I have ties to Tennessee, Louisiana, that region, and Texas. Winfrey is very uncommon, especially for black people. From my understanding, it's a, it's a German name uh-huh. or derived from a German name. So, yes, we are related, but in the, in the words of my, my dad, rich people can have poor relatives. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, yeah. get, let's get to the Katira Winfrey story. Yeah. Um, kind of walk me through how you have some roots here in Indiana, yes, even yes. though you were born in Texas. No, that, well, I have, so I've had a pretty rocky upbringing. So uh-huh. I, my story kind of takes me all over the place. I was actually born in Denver, Colorado. Oh, okay. Ended up in foster care and moved to Texas when I was about four because my dad and grandmother had to come and get my brother and I. And so I grew up mainly in Texas, but would hit rough rough patches with family and would end up moving back here with family who also lived here. They had moved, relocated from t- for work, but they also are originally from Texas. So it was like a back and forth growing up from Houston and Indianapolis. Those were the two primary places I would jump over the years. Houston was the primary location where I live, but Indiana comes in really close second. And you went to high school here in Indianapolis. Yes, yes. I graduated from North Central High School. And then you did an internship here at Wish TV? I worked here. Some people, you know, it was an internship of sorts because I was working the assignment desk and the web, but I would come in on my off time and go out with reporters. Okay. And so it was a job, but an internship of sorts. And so you've really come full circle because I, it, now yes. you are here. Yes. It's funny when the 10-year reminders pops up on my Facebook, it's like, oh my gosh, I just got published on Wish TV. It was like my first web story. And so when those pop up, I'm just like, aw, I was a youngster. So tell me about being the station's first multicultural reporter, because that sounds like a, a beat that could be 
a wide range of things. It actually is a very, I tell people it's a focused but very broad mm -hmm. um, news beat, if you will. Um, we don't really operate on beats very much anymore these days. You know what a beat is, but for people listening, a beat is an area where someone might specialize, specialize in maybe the police beat, the medical beat, political beat, multicultural beat. And essentially, I just cover pockets of the community of different ethnic backgrounds, religious backgrounds, ability backgrounds, any kind of population who may feel disenfranchised or see very little representation of themselves on the news or hear their stories told on the news. It's my sole focus to hone in on them and tell those stories. So serving underserved communities. Essentially, yeah. So what, what do you hear uh, after you go out and shoot one of these stories? Is there an appreciation for the fact that you have made the effort to tell that story that might not have otherwise been told? Well, I think now more people are recognizing the work that I'm doing. Initially, they don't, a lot of people saw it as you're doing a story, it's a report. But now that people realize that I am making a specific focus to do this, then they're like, oh, that's really great that you guys are even trying to do that. And so I think as the word gets out, more people are reaching out because for so long, a lot of people shun the news because they didn't see themselves, but mm -hmm. now they see that there is a path, there is a road to seeing representation of yourself on television, and now they're like, oh, well, yeah, I have a story that might be interesting, or I know this really awesome group of people that are doing X, Y, and Z. So were you hired in, in this role to be the multicultural reporter? Absolutely, yes. When I applied um, for this, it, it was this role. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I told you before we got on here that when I moved to Indianapolis, I didn't have this job. I had applied for it, but I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. But I was reaching a point in my career where I wanted to do something more. General assignments was not on my priority list of what I wanted to do. Did I know it was going to be specifically this? No, but I know when I read the job description that that fell in line with some of my wants and desires moving forward with my career. And I tell folks it was like divine in intervention if you're a person of faith, that it all just fell in line at the right time in the right place. So how long have you been in this specific role? I made two years in November. Okay. So a little more than two years at this point. And, and have you found it my my observation, and I've only I haven't been here as long as you, is that the owner of our television station, Duan McCoy, is an exceedingly creative guy, mm -hmm. and he's a maverick, and he's he's doing things that other places aren't doing. Are are you finding um, this work rewarding in this environment? Oh, absolutely, because you know you always come into a new role, and they're saying, and people will say, "This is what you're going to do." But sometimes it doesn't always play out that way. Sometimes you're still pigeonholed or you're still held back on what you can and can't talk about or what you can and can't do. And I feel as if I've been given a pretty broad range of what I can talk about. Um, I feel very comfortable pitching stories and I feel confident that management is confident in my ability to turn them and to find what is the most important part. So whereas I've worked other places as a general assignment reporter, I would feel questioned about, you know, my news judgment. Mm -hmm. And, oh, that's not a story, Katira. Very rarely, if ever, do I ever get that vibe. A lot of times when I bring up a story, 
it's an eye opener for a lot of people in the room. And I think that's probably what one of the things management had in mind when they created this. They didn't know what it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thankful to be able to shape what that has looked like. And, you know, it may change down the line. But um, I think they've been very receptive, and I've been really grateful to be able to kind of bring up conversations that we generally wouldn't have. To, to, and this, this, is, uh, this might seem like an odd question, but to what extent, um, when you've had those experiences where you felt like your news judgment was being questioned, did you feel like there was a, a, a cultural factor in that or, or a racial factor in that? Uh, that you were from a different community, perhaps, than the news director or the assignment editor? I think a little bit of all of that. I think it was not seeing the value in it or not understanding why it was important. Um, for example, I pitched a couple of stories about um, maternal mortality rates and how black women were disproportionately impacted. And it's all this data, all these reports coming out, and they were like, eh, no. Whereas here, I've done multiple stories on black maternal mortality rates and what can be done to help change that and how you can advocate for yourself. Because we can hear all this information about what's happening, but what can you do to try to safeguard yourself and protect yourself? And those are the types of stories that were kind of get pushed by the wayside and was like, eh, no one cares about that. So uh, give me a sense of what you're working on right now. Is there anything you're feeling particularly passionate about? Understanding that uh, this podcast may be posted after something has already aired. Yeah. Well, I think I've been, you know, there's not really, I don't want to say there's an issue that I'm exceptionally focused on necessarily because I'm always looking. But I will say some stories that I tend to gravitate toward or have done quite a bit of coverage on is housing appraisal inequities and how the housing market keeps minorities, particularly black and brown people, from becoming homeowners and how the appraisal process may underpay them and undervalue their homes. And so those are things that I bring up or um, the issues that of redlining that still persists and still creep up into our day-to-day -day lives. A lot of people are just unaware that that's a thing. They're still racial covenants written in people's home deeds that say no black people, mulatto, Asian, people of descent. And these are still in current home deeds and there's nothing we can do to get them taken out, at least not in the immediate sense. So those are some stories that I found myself covering quite frequently. But there's a whole slew of stories that I'm interested in, but those are the ones that tend to get a lot of people talking and, and questioning some things. And when you do a story, I think redlining is a good example. To what extent do you find people in the community wholly surprised by the fact that this exists? Oh, they're not surprised at all. Oh, okay. I don't think they're surprised at all, particularly black community members, because, you know, they're living it. They're like, hey, I want to buy this house, but I have to keep renting or I can't get a loan. I remember one of the very first stories I went and tried to do on housing, this guy's like, you know, I pay this much for this house, but every time I go to the bank, they want to deny me. They want to deny me, but they say, hey, if you go down here to this community that's a little bit more run down, may have a little bit more violence, oh, then you can get a house over there. But then that messes with your equity. And so I don't think I've ever gone to a community of color or lower income community that was shocked by it. And so when you have the redlining and then you have gentrification and all these things, I don't think anybody's shocked about it. 
I think they're excited or happy that we're talking about it because it's one of those quiet, you know, mm-hmm. we don't really talk about redlining because we don't want to bring up racism. We don't want to talk about that. So where do you see this, this and I'm going to use the term again, beat, where do you see this, this going in, in, in the next couple of years? What, what, what kind of ambitions do you have for it? Um, right now, I'm just now feeling like I'm getting a good hold on what I'm doing. You know, in the beginning, it was, they, it's basically was, Katira, this is the position, show us what it is. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of trial and error, okay, what is this position going to look like? What are my connections? What are the stories that are resonating with communities? So right now I feel, and I know that may be hard for somebody since I always, you know, bring forth content, but right now do I finally feel confident that I have a good grasp of what's what this job is? What is this position? And so I want to continue that. And then from there, just like with this, there's one step after the other. Once I feel like I have a good grasp of where I'm at right now, then I can hop to the next part. I'm one of those people who don't like to necessarily plan too far ahead because stuff changes. And I know that may sound pessimistic. I'm like, let's see what we're working with right now. I have thoughts and ideas, but I don't have a whole plan for the next two, three, four years. Now, when I was a beat reporter, I'm thinking back to when I was in Raleigh-Durham and for a while I was cops in courts. Um, And then it would snow in North Carolina, which was a whole big story. And I'd get pulled off of cops and courts for a couple of days. And I found when that happened, it actually gave me a better focus when I got back on my beat. Is that anything you've experienced yet where, like we just had some snow and I'm sure you were probably on the street doing snow reports. Yeah. I don't know if it gives me more focus, but it lets me know that if push comes to shove, I still know what I'm doing and I have a good base of journalism and a good understanding of reporting that I'm able to bounce between not I mean two worlds or two beats, uh-huh. if you will. And so every time there's an opportunity to move outside of my normal day to day, it's like, okay, you can still do this. You know, if push comes to shove, your foundation is pretty solid. Um, Before we wrap things up, is there anything that I'm, some topic that I've completely missed uh, that that you would like people to know about your role at Wish TV as as our multicultural reporter? I would like people to know that as I'm going through this journey, I'm learning right along with a lot of viewers. I've always considered myself a pretty well-rounded person and a person who was pretty open-minded and thought I knew quite a bit. This role showed me that I didn't know much at all, you know, and I think a lot of us may get roped up in, oh, yeah, I know about that. You don't. It's really important to be constantly on the move and constantly wanting to learn something more and being willing to take those previous, you know, conceptions or, or ideas and be willing to turn them around if they don't, if they no longer hold truth. And so I just urge people to be open-minded and know that what you think you know, you may need to learn a little bit more. She is Katira Winfrey. She's our multicultural reporter, and she's got that intangible we reporters all need, and that is curiosity. Thank you, Katira. Thank you. From Wish TV, I'm George Mallet. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast, Behind the Eight, and discover even more at the All Indiana Podcast.com.
Podcast Network. This is Behind the Eight Podcast with Wish TV's George Mallet. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And connect for even more on Facebook and at wishtv.com.